Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello everyone, Greg Haynes here and welcome to an all new podcast from Eurosport. Welcome to, wait for it, The Shaky Show. Yes, he's got his own podcast. Six-time Bennett's British Superbike champion Shane Shakyburn is with us at Eurosport, as it was confirmed at the BSB Media Day at Silverstone today, as a pundit for the entire season. And he'll be doing some World Superbikes as well. But it's exciting times because after every Bennett's British Superbike round this year, we won't have the full throttle podcast. That'll still be going after World Superbikes and in between the events. But after BSB rounds, we'll be bringing you the Shaky Show. Shaky and I will sit down somewhere at the various circuits in the UK and we will chat about what's happened, what's coming up, and any other talking point you can think of as the season progresses. So six BSB titles under your belt, Shaky, but you've got your own podcast. I mean, how do you feel? It doesn't get much better than that, does it? You know you've made it when you've got your own podcast ready. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Um, you know what? It's, it's almost like a little bit of a mixed emotion thing, to be honest, mm. because, uh, you know, it's fantastic that, you know, I come on board with Eurosport, obviously, for the full season and do some world rounds, as you said, and whatever else. But, you know, a big part of me, my my heart's in the, in the racetrack and being, being out on the track and, and you know, trying to, uh, trying to fight for another title. But, you know, that's on hold for now. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's put as much focus some dedication into these podcasts and, and working with you guys at Eurosport as we do into into racing and, and see where it takes us. Yeah, I've got to say, obviously I would say this, wouldn't I? But I really do mean it. It's always great to chat with you. We always have great chats and you can always take us a bit further into what's happening behind the scenes and give us your view on it. Six-time BSB champion, of course, Shane Shaky Byrne. Um, I suppose first, Shaky, we should just very quickly talk about how are you because that's the whole reason you're able to do the podcast, which is great for us. I know you'd rather be on the track, but how are you feeling? What is the latest with the situation? Um, do you know what? Honestly, Greg, it's it's uh, it's kind of difficult to quantify at the moment because, you know, if you if you were to to put my, you know, my recovery into into numbers, for instance, you know, my surgeon might give me a thing and see me and say, right, okay you can start doing some gentle exercise now, but I don't want you to go over 130 beats per minute, right? So you'll spend maybe a couple of weeks doing three or four sessions a week on the turbo trainer and not going above 130 beats per minute and feeling absolutely brand new. So then you think Mm -hmm. to yourself the next week, you know what? I'll go to 135. So you do 135, but then you feel brand new at that. So you think, right, I'll go to 140. So you go to 140 and you feel absolutely fine. But then, one random day, you might go back to 130, and then after that 130 session, you end up with all sorts of problems. Yeah, and you think, yeah, there's absolutely no logic to it. So then, 
another example is I went to um, to Spain uh, recently to our place out there, spent two weeks not training at all, right? Thinking, okay, so if it is their cycling, um, you know, that's causing me the issues, I'll have two weeks of complete rest. So went to Spain, got some sunshine, two weeks of complete rest, <laughs> had the same problems anyway. So yeah, at the moment, things are, things are a little bit of a nightmare, but at the same time, still smiling and uh, yeah, life's not all bad. There's plenty of people worse than me or worse off than me, should I say. Let's let's talk BSB and uh, getting better and looking forward to what we got this year. Yeah, and to be fair, we have got a lot to look forward to, haven't we, this year? That's the first big news today, though, with the media event at Silverstone. The fact you will be with us, as you've been many times in the last few, in the last couple of years, anyway, with Eurosport. But certainly, there in your official role as pundit, no doubt you'll be in the commentary box back and forth as the year goes on as well. How much do you enjoy the broadcast, Shaky? Because it certainly comes across, it's not just the knowledge and the enthusiasm, but I really do get the feeling you actually really love being part of a TV broadcast like that. Do you know what? It's, it's really good fun. Um, mm. I like, um, I know nothing other than racing, right? You know, you you look now, this is the first time in probably 20 odd years that I'm not, you know, on a strict diet. Yeah. And, with a strict training regime and and you know trying I, I take i take so much pride in staying ahead of the game right that there's nobody for instance that's come into bsb this year that i sit and think oh no such and such is there this year i'd never be able to win it so i always work really really hard at, at, at doing and being the best i can be at whatever i'm going to do and with the tv thing i have um you know quite a, a quantifiable amount of knowledge um and and racing a motorbike and being around the sport is all i've ever wanted to do ever since i was a kid so getting the chance to you know to share my you know my knowledge or, or share my experience to the fans that are watching at home there's there's things that i do wrong and there's mistakes that i make at the moment on tv for sure because it's new you know you you can't well you personally know right we, we sit there and and you know we we speak on a camera but we might have three or four different people talking in our ear yeah, yeah. at that point in time when we're when we're when we're talking and i might start a sentence that could give like the most in-depth insight to, to something that's happening right in front of me right there and then but in my ear two people are saying to me right you got to wrap this up you got to wrap this up and you think oh my god this is this is such an important yeah. Yeah, a bit of information and, and and now i've been told i can't talk but then you might give a real quick answer thinking oh we need to get to a break or whatever and then you you say oh yeah no, i think that was great and then they'll say keep talking keep talking keep talking and you're, oh no now what do i say yeah. because i've kind of you know what i mean i've, I've yeah. kind of brushed this question off so yeah it's it's difficult it's not as straightforward as as people might think you know to stand in front of a camera and get given a free reign but uh, um, I really enjoy it anyway and the challenge of getting everything right and being on time and you know answering questions in the right amount of time and stuff is, is cool I enjoy it no we do it's a great team of people as well though isn't it with the televideo people and the Eurosport people we've got Amanda who's our PA who's basically as Shaky's just said in our ear not constantly but often through the broadcast often counting down as well which sort of builds the tension doesn't it because you don't want to miss that count because you might still be talking into a commercial break, which obviously looks pretty bad. You've got to close your sentence. Same thing as well when we're in the races, shaky sometimes. We may be commentating. And people probably don't know this, but we have to keep commentating often when we're on a commercial break because Eurosport viewers elsewhere around the world are still taking the feed at that point. They're still taking the commentary. 
So in the same token, you don't want to come back into the show from the break in the middle of a sentence. And then, of course, we've got Richard Coventry, haven't we? Our very uh, charismatic director who <laughs> has a very, uh, very exciting sense of humour. And that sometimes can affect us as well. I might start laughing sometimes in the commentary because he said something funny in my ear. And people at home haven't got a clue what I'm laughing about. <laughs> so well, that can it happen as well. Really, really well. That, that's that's the good thing, you know. When when you and we are together talking, it's uh, it's good fun. And uh, you know, I think that, that that fundamentally, you know, that's one of the one of the best things about working with you, Eurospot guys, because you know we all get on well. You know, it's not just something that's. Uh, you know, it's not a front for a camera and then we get off the camera and all hate each other. You know, we could, you know, we will go out for dinner at night then we and, and we all have a nice time. And I think that, you know, being with a good group of people also makes doing the job a lot more straightforward, you know. So I could I could have this chat on a podcast with you now or or sat in a you know, in a in a pub and just kicking back and talking together. So, you know, the the, the natural the natural way that it comes across on TV or the natural way I like to think it comes across on TV, um, is 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 how it is. So yeah, it's cool. And at least if any of us do hate each other, we don't say it to our faces, do we? So as far as we're all concerned, it's all uh, it's all good harmony. Save it for the WhatsApp group. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's also pretty entertaining, isn't it? Actually, do, I know it's a bit of a classic question, but do you find the TV team with Eurosport is a little bit working for a race team in terms of you know when you get these people saying, oh, there's so many people behind the scenes I want to thank. It is the case, isn't it? It's a cliche, but it is the case. Yeah, I mean when when people watch the tv i mean this isn't this isn't me saying you know people haven't got a clue what's going on but you know you, you generally get to see that the three of us sort of sat on tv and sometimes you know we get to show you and we're in the booth or whatever yeah. but yeah that there's far more people than the three of us making the making the whole show go down that's for sure yeah and often there's things going on behind the scenes that people will never know about sometimes we don't even know about technical problems but uh, yeah there's a lot happening there behind the scenes Okay, racing then. We've seen a lot in World Superbikes this year, but let's stick to BSB for now. I suppose we should start with your old team, shouldn't we? BY's a Ducati. Josh Brooks on a Ducati V4. The V4 itself is obviously new in BSB. Scott Redding, he's looked good in testing, for what it's worth. It's only testing, but he's looked pretty handy so far. Had him on the podcast recently. That's a pretty exciting rider lineup. I wonder how that's going to pan out across the year with Paul Bird managing the team, Josh Brooks and Scott Redding all together. Well, <laughs> it's um, it's a difficult one to talk about because I've had a lot of success with the team. Um, you know, I, I've I've enjoyed my time with them. There's been some ups and downs for sure, but you know, nothing in life is uh, is plain sailing. Um, you know, Josh has spent a lot of years, um, perhaps you know, thinking that. The, the grass is greener mm. and, and now he's in that environment. So, you know, he needs to, to thrive or get off the wagon. Well, the good thing for him is he's got the, uh, the brand new Ducati V4 up. Um, you know, let's not forget it was only sort of two or three seasons ago that, that Scott topped the Haref test in, in MotoGP. Yeah. So his speed's unquantifiable. You know, he's won Moto2 races. He's won, you know, he's won a 125 Grand Prix. He was the youngest ever rider to win a 125 Grand Prix until the, the Turkish lad last year in Valencia. Um, so his speed is unquestionable. Um, you know, how sometimes, you know, you, you, you throw a load of ingredients into a pot and expect it to taste delicious. But, um, yeah, there's, there's some strong characters there. Um, <laughs> not just in uh, Scott Ruddin or Josh Brooks, but Paul Bird too. And, uh, you know, for sure there'll be there'll be a few clashes along the way. But, um, you know, hopefully they can, they can iron things out and, and get things going good. But, you know, you certainly, uh, you certainly feel for them a little bit because uh, not only – 
did uh, Alvaro go out and, you know, win pretty much everything so far? You know, Ducati won the first MotoGP race as well. You know, they had Michele Pirro the other week in um, in the Italian Championship. Yeah. He gave the bike its debut wins in uh, in the Italian Championship. So the pressure's well and truly on uh, on PBM and indeed, you know, the Oxford product um, Moto Rapido team to, to deliver. Yeah, I was just going to talk about Tommy Bridewell, actually. Obviously, number 46 on the Ducati, and we've seen that before as well, if I am not mistaken, of course, Mr. Rossi. But, um, yeah, great little team there. And he came onto that bike quite late last year. And he's going to be surprising. Well, whether it would be a surprise, I'm not sure. But I think it's fair to say you would expect the other team to be ahead of that team. And it's not necessarily going to be the case this year. Listen, they're all starting from ground zero. But the one the one massive advantage that, that PBM have is the fact that they've got they've got Giovanni there. Um, and and. The V4R, the, the race bike, if you like, is Giovanni's baby. You know, he's the guy that is in charge of the development of the thing. You know, him and Gigi Delinea work on it. You know, they come up with their ideas. They test it with whichever test rider they want to test it with. And, yeah, you, you can't get any closer to, you know, the, the Ducati course. We, you can't get any closer to the top of the Ducati course factory than, than you know, Giovanni Gruppi if you're going to go and race a superbike. And, you know, he's a great guy. Um, I worked with him in 2009 and 2010. So the relationship was like seamless when, when he, when we joined Ducati in 2016, it was easy. It was like picking up where we left off because we always got on really well, but we had to do so much work with the V2 in 2016. And, you know, the PBM team will have learned those lessons. I, I said from the word go, I don't want to fast track anything. I want to do everything once as long as it takes so that we never get to the end of the season and think, should we have tried this or should we have tried that? So I did everything the hard way and the team will have learned a lot from that as will have Giovanni because, you know, the world Superbikes obviously run on Motec, uh, sorry, uh, Magneti Morelli ECUs, whereas the, um, the BSB bikes run the, the control ECU with Motec. So Giovanni learned a lot that year and, you know, we can, or they can take a lot from that going forward with the V4. And I think they already have, you know, the, some of the lessons have kind of, have flipped over already, you know, the work that they've done in, um, Monte Blanco and Portimao at the official BSB tests were kind of following the protocol that we used in, in 2016. And, and, you know, Giovanni, Giovanni's really happy and said that he's, he's worked really well and translated really well. Incidentally, Shaky, what a nice guy Giovanni is. What a humble, professional guy. James Whittam and I had some time with him on the way back from Australia from World Superbikes this year. And he's just, he's such a top bloke for everything he's achieved. What a humble person. Yeah, Giovanni's a lovely, lovely guy. Like really, really nice. And you know, the um the the BSB paddock's a funny old place because, you know, everybody smiles and everybody's happy, but it's like a it's like a, a soap opera set, like East Enders or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just yeah. that every one of them's the villain, you know. Um so what, <laughs> what they say to your face might not necessarily be what they mean or what they what they want to say the minute you've turned your back, yeah. if you know what I mean. But um yeah. yeah, a more humble, more genuine, more, you know, genuinely sort of I don't know how you could say it, passionate guy for motorbike racing. You couldn't ask to meet. And uh, I'd like to think that, that I'm pretty genuine, to be fair. And, and he and I hit it off really, really well because of that. Well, I have to say, actually, um, and I'm not just saying this because it's the shaky show, but he did say how much he missed you. He said he's, love work, he's loving working with the people he's with now, but he said, I have to say, I do miss shaky because we just had a sort of telepathic connection, a bit like you've seen in the past, I suppose, with Jerry Burgess and Rossi and Pera Reba and Jonathan Ray. It was one of those great, rider crew chief partnerships and i'm not just saying that because you're on the show 
Mm. My, I've always, always looked at it that you have an engineer to be the engineer, yeah. right? Now, there's so many riders who get so caught up in all their data and spend hours drawing yes. through data yeah. looking for answers or looking for excuses. Um, I'm not interested in that. I'm not an engineer. I'm a motorbike racer. Um, I'm not even one of those at the moment. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a TV pundit, <laughs> yeah. but... Um, yeah, I, I've never, ever gone too much into looking at data and, you know, studying this and studying that. I I portray my my feelings, my sensation, and, you know, to give Giovanni the, the feedback that he needed to, to get the very best out of the motorbike for me. And, you know, what's the point in employing an engineer if the rider's going to sit on a laptop and decide what springs he wants and what this he wants and what yeah. that the other he wants? You know, there, there's, there's no point. So, you know, I'll do my job and, and you do yours. And Giovanni's very, very capable. And, uh, yeah, I, I was half sensible at racing. No, you can say that again. Okay, well, let's quickly go through. I've got the PSB <laughs> entry list in front of me for this year. Now, there's only two riders who are actually on the same bike with the same team. One of them is Brad Ray on the build base Suzuki. He has to be one of the favourites, Shaky, surely. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Brad's uh, a, a good tip for, for future success. Um, you know, the, the Suzuki is a good bike. They struggled in a, in a few places. He, you know, when he's, when he's on it with that bike, he's, you know, really, really fast. Um, but sometimes they can be just a little bit off. But the problem is mm. when you're a little bit off in BSB, because everything's so level and competitive, yeah. it, really, it really punishes you, you know. It's not like um, they've been in a in a situation where they can be a little bit off and still nick a podium, and and that's that's the level you need to be running at when you want to win a BSB title. You know, you need to be fighting for wins, but taking a podium on a bad day or a fifth are absolute worst because if you're not, someone else will be. So you know, Brad can be blindingly fast and and clear off like he did at Donington a couple of years ago. Um, but then maybe struggle with like an eighth or a ninth or something at yeah, the, at the yeah. very next round. And that, that kind of consistency, unfortunately, isn't enough at the moment with the way the, the, the BSB showdown is to, you know, to, to put you in good stead come the showdown to, to be in a place to fight for the championship. Now, the other man on the same bike is Taron McKenzie with the McCamps Yamaha. But we can't really talk about Taz without talking about Jason Halloran because Jason topped the test, didn't he, recently in Spain? Obviously, there's one more day of testing today at Silverstone. But then... They're going to be, I think they're into team fight and they get on really well, but their fight on the track is going to be one of the talking points of the year as well. Well, what year was it? 2011 when I came back and, and you know, I've been in World Superbike for a couple of years and I came back to ride for, for HM Blount Honda. Jason was my teammate on the on the stock bike. Um, and I always believe that he's a, a really, really naturally talented rider who, who deserved a shot on a superbike. Um, he got that shot, albeit a good few years, maybe too late. Um, and he stuck with Honda ever since, but, you know, I think the guy is talented. Um, he's certainly got the speed. He's certainly got the hunger. You know, we've seen him come back from some big injuries. Um, and now he's in the, the McCams Yamaha team, um, in a settled place with, you know, Taz, who's a, a really hungry, young, fast up and coming rider. Um, and you know, first tests out, he's, he's sort of top of the test, test sheet. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how Jason progresses over this year, because as I said, you know, 
winning a winning a race or two in a season is one thing, but putting together a championship charge in BSB is something completely different. And and hopefully he's going to have the consistency now and you know the the calmness, if you like, to to not be necessarily fighting with Taz, but to be fighting for a title. You know that's what they've got to do. Them two need to to get their heads down and, and work together to you know ensure that. A bad weekend is a is a pair of thirds, or a bad weekend's a pair of fifths, or whatever. But on their day, um, at tracks that suit the Yamaha, they need to be, you know, pulling in the wins. Is it fair to say as well that also in those pre-showdown rounds, if you're going to finish fourth, you might as well finish tenth in a way, because though obviously you need your championship points to get into the showdown, but if you're one of those top riders anyway, those podium credits, I think people underestimate how important they are for those bonus points they give you when the showdown begins, as we saw with Leon Haslam last year. Yeah, it's, it's so, so difficult. I mean, tell me another championship in the world that, that kind of works like this, you know, for, for me, um, yes, I'm a little bit older and yes, I've come through when, you know, when this kind of nonsense wasn't in place, but the showdowns work for me and it's worked against me. So I'm not, I'm not anti showdown. I understand the rules. I understand the reasons. I understand the excitement it's meant to generate. But, um, if, if I'm sure I'm right in thinking that the championship would have actually been closer the other year, I think the year I won it, had it been the case that the, um, you know, the, the showdown wasn't in place. So mm. it is really important to, you know, to, to be on the podium as many times as possible because especially now that the, the win is five podium points and second is three um, and then one for, for third place. You know, when it was three to one, obviously it wasn't quite so critical, but, um, you know, pulling in as many wins as possible and getting as many sort of bonus points, if you like, for when showdown itself actually started. Now, it, it, it really means a lot. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we seen championships won and lost by just a couple of points or even one point at times? Um, Leon Haslam, we talked about there. Obviously, he's in World Supers now, shaky. Let's talk about his old team, Quattroplant, JG, Speedfit, Kawasaki. Like most of the teams on the grid, completely new lineup. Interesting lineup too. Glenn Irwin who moves from a Ducati to a Kawasaki, and Ben Curry, and Ben's going to be going for it this year. Yeah, I'm. I'm quite excited to see Glenn on the Kawasaki. To be honest, um, Glenn fulfilled, if you like, not not in his eyes, but he he fulfilled the number two spot at um, at PBM when when I was racing there, and that was something that that always kind of grated on him a little bit because. He, he has an awful lot of, of self-belief. Some people take that as um, cockiness or, or, you know, maybe big-headedness or whatever. But I really don't think it's the case. It's just that he works so hard to achieve what he achieves that, you know, he has to believe that, that he's the best out there. And, you know, when you're, when you're constantly sort of getting it drummed into you, you know, AKA the, the sort of the Josh Brooks and Scott Redding thing that we were speaking about earlier on that, you know, you are in effect the number two rider, um, you know, that, that was hard for him to deal with. And, you know, not, not a great deal changed when, um, his brother come on board and, and in theory, you know, Glenn became the number one rider. Um, so for him to to go to Kawasaki now, I'm actually really happy for him because you know they wanted him. You know, they yeah. they tried to sign him. They were they were keen to have him, and I think that 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 kind of um, how can you put it? That kind of loyalty, yeah. that kind of want, that kind of desire to to have him in the team rather than 
beating the guy that's there because he's the number two rider and initially when he first came along he had to pay for it or whatever is a is a whole different thing and i think he'll thrive on that i think he'll he'll really enjoy you know pete excellence and the boys they run a great team um you know he's got in effect the championship winning team from last year um you know the bike in theory should be better because kawasaki obviously have made that homologation special bike with the additional 600 rpm they lost in world superbike the year before um you know so yeah glenn glenn should do really really well as for as for ben curry obviously it's his first year on a superbike um it is a big step up and yes we do see some super sport riders come up and have a have a few good races but you know the the superbike you have to learn it's all about tire management it's all about you know throttle connection you know anybody can go fast on on a bsb bike for for a lap or two but unfortunately bsb races aren't aren't a lap or two long they're they're 20 odd laps long and you know that's something that he's going to have to to learn to control because he's an aggressive young rider it's fantastic to watch on a super sport bike and yeah hopefully he'll be equally as entertaining to watch on a superbike now, obviously, we can't mention everyone. We are pushed for time, but uh, Honda would have to have a quick mention of. You've got Andy Irwin on the Honda with Xavi Forres alongside. Forres a bit like Redding coming in from a world championship, Redding from MotoGP, Forres from World Superbikes. Yeah, he seems to be taking to it pretty well so far. Arguably, some people have said to me, Shaky, maybe he's not on the best bike on the grid at the moment, but he does seem to be approaching it with the right mindset. He's not coming in with that sort of, I'm a world championship man. He's coming in as a beginner and he's learning step by step. I think um, I think you should underestimate Javi Forres at your peril mm. because, you know, let's not forget what he done in World Superbike last year on a on a privateer, albeit a, a privateer semi factory Ducati. Yeah. Um, you know, the guy was sometimes head and shoulders above even you know Chaz and Marco Melandri. Um, you know. Chavi has jumped onto the Honda. Um, you could argue that it's perhaps not the most competitive bike. Um, but would you have a valid point? Because all of the bikes in BSB are around the same kind yeah, of horsepower. Yeah, Hence yeah. the reason that Stuart wants to to do this thing with the, uh, the V4's RPM. Because being a V4, obviously, it revs quite high. And the higher it revs, the more horsepower it makes. So Stuart's capped the kind of the RPM mm-hmm. limit already, trying to not let the thing get too powerful. But you know, in BSB, with no um, traction control, with no electronic aids, it doesn't matter if you've got a 1,000 horsepower. If you can't use it, it's no good to you. And Chavi Forrest will very quickly figure out the best way of, of keeping the tyres under that bike for 20-odd for laps of a BSB race. And as I said earlier on, you know, his, his speed's un- unquestionable. Um, I think he's going to do really well. And it's going to be a good a good shot in the arm for, for the Honda team. You know, they're a great team. Um, but as we were talking about Jason O'Halloran earlier on, you know, Jason and Dan have both been there for three or four years. Maybe things have kind of stagnated a little bit. You look at other bikes and think, oh, that's better. That does this better. That does that better. But sometimes you don't realize just how good the thing you are actually riding is. And I don't think there's any bike in BSB at the moment, unless I'm proven wrong by the V4R this year, mm-hmm. that's night and day better than anything else. Let's not forget there's a new Tyco BMW this year as well, yeah. um, as well as a Smith's BMW. You know, the the, the new um, S1000RR is a completely new bike. Um, Tom Sykes in World Superbike saying about how great the chassis is. Um, a little bit underpowered at the moment for World Superbike, but, you know, that might work in, in the BSB bike's favour. So there's an awful, an awful lot to look forward to. Yeah, Peter Hickman on a Smith's BMW, of course, James Ellison as well. Nice to see James coming back. We all thought the swan song was last year, but one more go, Shaky. I mean, again, you should never really underestimate James Ellison either. James is more than capable of winning races. Um, 
James is more than capable of mounting a, a strong championship challenge. And, you know, if he gets that, um, you know, that, that kind of team feeling that we spoke about with, with Glenn um, and Ben Curry moving up into, into the Quattro plant team, um, you know, or JG speed fit team, sorry. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe that'll be exactly the environment he needs. You know, he's certainly got a strong teammate in Peter Hickman. Um, you know, Peter Peter's a big, strong lad who muscles that S1000 around and, and has done for the last few seasons. But, um, you know, this new bike uh, is supposed to be a lot better chassis-wise. You know, it might suit James. He's a small guy. He's a light guy, which makes him always really fast through speed traps. You know, BMWs have never been short of horsepower in the past. So, um, yeah, he's going to be another interesting one to watch. You know what? Generally, or genuinely, should I say, mm. there there isn't a guy to me at the moment that stands out as a as a night and day favorite no, for this championship which is great there's, isn't it it's brilliant it is, for yeah, us. it's absolutely perfect you're, you're going to get guys that say well Scott Redding he's from MotoGP he's going to come back and smoke it and you're going to get guys that say well Josh Brooks he's got exactly what he asked for now he's going to smoke it um, mm -hmm. you know you might say Tara McKenzie, you know, he's had a year on the Yamaha. He's got better and better and better. He's ready for a championship challenge. You might say Javi Forrest come from World Superbike. He's going to smoke it. There's so many pluses and minuses for all of the riders that, yeah, apart from the fact that I'm not actually racing, I am I'm genuinely pretty excited <laughs> for the season to get started. And then you've got other people there, like Christian Iden on a Taika BMW, Danny Bucket on an FS3 Kawasaki. They're going to be right in there as well with something to prove. Yeah, um, I think that, uh, you know, consistency is going to be the key. And yeah. I know that's like a boring thing to say, but you know, if you're going to mount a challenge for this championship this year, you need to be a bad day needs to be a fifth, but good days need to be wins. And there yeah. needs to be plenty of wins to make sure that the podium points are, uh, you know, are in the bag when it comes to, to round 10 or whatever. Um, and, and we're fighting for a showdown. Um, you know, as I said at the beginning of the show, it's really difficult to, you know, this is actually my first year of not competing. You know, you could argue that yeah. I was competing last year. I won a race last year yeah. before my injury. Um, you know, I was fighting for a championship last year, but this is the first time I'm ever going to start a season with, without actually going racing. But yeah, for for the openness of BSB this year, for the, you know, for the unpredictability of, of who's going to do what, I think is a, is a great year ahead. And uh I'm certainly looking forward to covering it with you guys. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to it as well. I'll tell you what, Jake, you made me think twice as well then for a second. That The fact it was only last year, isn't it amazing how quickly life can change for, for good and for bad? Sometimes it's scary, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, life passes in a heartbeat, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, we, just before we come on air, I know it's a boring subject, but uh, we were talking about kids and how my kids are and you say yeah. I, I think I answered to you do you know what Greg wait one day you'll have kids and <laughs> the minute you do and they go to school it's like weeks passing minutes and uh, you know it seems like a lot of minutes and a lot of weeks and a long long time ago since I uh, had butted a tire wall and ended up where I am yeah. now but um, at the same time you know I'm still here still smiling still happy and, and can't wait for this season to get going and the last thing before we sign off from this first shaky show, we can't forget, you've got the chat nights, of course, this year, and there's seven of them scheduled already. I wouldn't be surprised if more appear. Starting tomorrow, shaky, at the Key Theatre in Peterborough, straight then to Hereford as well on Thursday. So it's pretty non-stop. I'm going to reel them all off, actually. You've got Bradford coming up in May, uh, Aberdeen in November, Doncaster, Durham in November. That's a busy month for you. And then as well, Carlisle at the end of that month, with yeah. Matt Roberts, of course, from Eurosport, in front of a live audience, 
I bet you're really looking forward to them and saving them, aren't you? Do you know what? I really am. Um, it was quite funny because Peterborough and uh, and Hereford, Peterborough's done really, really well numbers-wise. Yeah. Uh, and Hereford took a little while to catch up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the first the first two events are, are, are really, really busy. Um, I'm really keen to, uh, you know, well, we talked about this earlier on, whatever I do, I want to be, you know, as good or if not the, the best possible. The be- um, you want to be at, the best, so. which is, yeah. there's no shame in that. And I want these chat nights to be exactly that. You know, I want people to turn up. You know, nobody's been to one yet because the first one isn't until tomorrow. But when they turn up and they come to one, I want them to go away from that night. I think, flipping hell, I didn't know that. You know, what, <laughs> yeah. what a nice guy. Or flipping hell, I didn't know that. Can you believe that happened to him? Or, you know what I mean? I, I want to... I want to make these brilliant and and I want people to then think to themselves, oh, you know, if there's another one next year, we'll have to get along to that because it's well worth the night out. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the events. Um, as I said, the first two, 10th and 11th, uh, then we've got one in May. There's definitely going to be some more events as well. We're trying to um, to sort some locations down south because quite a few of the locations at the moment are, are in the north of the country. Um, and obviously being a southerner, I'd like to do some down south. Um, you touched on the fact that November is going to be a busy month actually and uh, november's going to be absolutely full gas for me but at the end of november i've booked us uh, i've booked us a big family holiday which we'll share in a, in a future podcast maybe but uh, oh, very nice. yeah we'll get um, we'll get to the end of november and then uh, i'm out of here until something like the beginning of january or something stupid so yeah we got a big holiday plan for for december well send us your predictions with the hashtag shaky show and uh, to shaky's twitter and to mine as well greg haynes tv where might shaky be going on holiday send us your suggestions and your ideas <laughs> it'd be and easier be to say where isn't today. shaky going <laughs> yeah. oh right it's, it's like some sort of world tour is it <laughs> no not quite not quite that bad but uh, yeah it's gonna be, it's gonna be great i'm looking forward to spending some time with the family yeah you know, i plan to i plan to work quite hard this year and um, you know do as many of these yeah, events do as many as the bsb rounds do as many of the world super rounds you know as much as I can, I think even potentially even motorcycle live um, working there. So um, yeah, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a fairly busy year. But once uh, once this year's done in November for me, that's it. I've got I've got plenty to look forward to. And in terms of Shaky's after dinner speeches and the evenings, if you go to uh, www.mjksportsevents.co.uk, you can go on there. It starts at twenty five pounds. Uh, for the entry fees, you can go a bit more if you want with a picture of Shaky. There's also a, another ticket you can buy for complimentary food and drinks. You can meet Shaky, you can meet Matt, a private 30-minute meet and greet. Who wouldn't want a 30-minute meet and greet with Shaky Burn? But honestly, jokes aside, it's a nice opportunity, isn't it, for people to go and meet the main man from Eurosport, the anchor man, Matt Roberts, meet Shaky Burn, the six-time champion, have some food and drink. And uh, and a few pictures and a few little questions and conversations as well. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be plenty to talk about. I'm looking forward to it because uh, I'm looking forward to kind of opening the book, if you like, and, and just saying, right, OK, far away. What, what do you want to know? And, yeah. uh, you know, I've got I've got nobody to to be beholden to anymore. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a free agent, if you like. So, uh, you know, sometimes I'm sure you will have seen the whole jumpstart scenario from Cal Crutch slow the way he managed his interview the other week in Argentina um you know incredibly diplomatic but not diplomatic because he wanted to be diplomatic because he had to be um you know because of Dorna because of his team because of the sponsors because of whatever else well I don't have anyone any of those anymore so uh (laughs) not not saying I'm gonna be dishing dirt but at the same time yeah I've got I've got nothing to worry about yeah there's a lot to look forward to first one of those Peterborough tomorrow evening have a really good one there shaky and uh yeah 
get yourself along. I think there's only a few tickets left for that one, actually. Hereford, there's a couple of tickets left, but Peterborough, I think, is pretty much done. So, uh, yeah, get online if you want to come along, and uh, well, me and Matt look forward to seeing you. Yeah, but if any one of you are listening in Peterborough by chance and didn't know it was happening, it's happening tonight, uh, sorry, tomorrow night at the uh, Key Theatre. So get down to the Key Theatre in Peterborough. Uh, in the meantime then, Jake, I'll see you back at Silverstone for another shaky show when the racing actually starts. No more predictions then, Greg. We'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be covering exactly what has happened rather than contemplating what might. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. There you go. Then that was the very first shaky show. Thanks a lot, Shaky, and I will see you soon. Look forward to it. Cheers, Greg. Thanks, everybody. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.